Welcome to the Dr. Berg's Healthy Keto and Intermittent Fasting Podcast, where Dr. Berg takes you on the journey for the truth about getting healthy and losing healthy weight. So I wanted to do this one video to explain the most important tips and tricks with doing keto and intermittent fasting all in one video. It's not gonna be a terribly long video, but I wanted to cover the most important things to help you be more successful and really experiencing the results that you're looking for. So let's start at the beginning. Um, you wake up in the morning, uh, what do you do? Well, most people drink a cup of coffee, right? So the first goal is to skip your breakfast. And the best way to do that is to add some MCT oil in your coffee. Start with one tablespoon, because if you start with too much, you can end up with diarrhea. So MCT oil is a type of fat, usually from coconut oil, that's gonna allow you to not be hungry for the next several hours, okay? So you put that in your coffee, you mix it up. If you work up to two tablespoons, you're gonna find that <laughs> you're really not gonna be hungry. It's gonna actually give you energy. Now, what I normally do is after the coffee, and you can do this before the coffee, I like lemon water, but I take the whole lemon and I blend it with water. I don't take the juice of the lemon anymore. Now it's going to be very, very tart. So you can add, you know, several drops of stevia or what I do is I put my electrolyte powder in this mixture, like one scoop. That way you get the potassium, magnesium. So you have more energy. So we have this super powered lemon water with electrolytes or without it. That gives you a lot of vitamin C, but it also gives you something called citrates, which help prevent kidney stones. Okay, so now that you're not hungry in the morning, you go all the way to noon and you have your first meal. I recommend doing maybe a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar in a glass of water, drink that. That will help you digest. It's also gonna help your blood sugars, but you don't have to necessarily do it before the meal. You can do it uh, while you're fasting, but apple cider vinegar is a really good thing to take when you're doing this for energy, for blood sugars, to help speed up the improvement of the insulin resistance. Now, as far as the meal goes, I always recommend doing your vegetable or salad before your protein. Why? Because I found that if you're gonna do what I usually recommend is between seven to 10 cups of vegetables per day, which a lot of people can't do that initially, that means you're gonna have to do a big salad, right? I mean, a five cup salad is not that big. And maybe you could do a five cup salad and and then for dinner, do like three cups or two cups, right? It's not hard to do that. Now, if you're doing other vegetables like broccoli, cabbage, um, Brussels sprouts, more dense vegetables, you're not gonna be doing seven to 10 cups, okay? Maybe you do four to five cups. So I recommend doing the vegetable or salad first because it's that way it seems to work out a little bit better. So on the salad, uh, one thing that I do that actually tastes quite good is I sprinkle... Um, nutritional yeast flakes on the salad. It's a way to get my B vitamins uh, through the day and it'll definitely reduce your stress. And it actually tastes a little bit like Parmesan cheese. So it's a, a great thing to sprinkle on your salad. I would highly recommend getting the one that's non-fortified because the fortification, they put these synthetic vitamins in there. And I'll put a link down below if you want more information on that. The two major groups of nutrients that I recommend as a bare minimum would be the electrolytes and the B vitamins um, when you're doing keto to prevent 
the keto fatigue, the keto rash, and any other symptoms. Because when you first start this, you're gonna dump a lot of water and you're gonna lose a lot of electrolytes. And some people get really tired after they do this and they become dehydrated. So we wanna put back in the electrolytes. Plus, when you're burning more fat, you do need your B vitamins. And a lot of people are borderline deficient going into this. So they may have fatigue if they don't add the B vitamins. One of the best sources of the B vitamins is nutritional yeast. So you have your vegetable, your protein, okay? Um, how much protein? Well, that really depends on you know your metabolism, your age, if you're male or female. I usually recommend between three to six to seven to eight ounces of actual protein. Now, if you're younger and you exercise, have a little bit more, but if you do too much protein, especially at dinner, that could keep you from sleeping at night. All right, so at the end of the meal, I like to add some additional fat. Why? Because that way I can fast longer and I'm more satisfied. So I might consume a handful of pecans. I might do a whole avocado. I might do macadamia nuts. I might add more olive oil to the salad. Uh, I might just have some more butter on my food, but that fat will help you to fast longer. Now, at the end of this meal, some people might feel full, but they not, might not feel satisfied. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Number one, they have insulin resistance, okay? And that's gonna take some time to fix that. And when you have insulin resistance, you just don't pull in the nutrients that much. So you're always gonna feel a little um, unsatisfied. So that tends to cause you to eat more. The other reason why you might not feel satisfied is the food that you're eating is not nutrient dense, okay? When you do grass-fed beef, oh my gosh, it has so many more nutrients than corn-fed beef. And you won't know it until you try it. So even though it might have more of an, uh, I don't know, earthy taste to it or a kind of a, a different taste, it's way more nutrient dense, more omega-3 fatty acids. There's even phytonutrients in there because the cow has eaten a lot of grass. So we have way more beta carotene and way more retinol, vitamin A and vitamin E and more trace minerals. I mean, if you think about it, a cow that is fed a lot of corn um, that is very unnatural, um, has much more marbled fatty um, protein. Like their, their muscles are more fatty. Well, guess what? Some of these cows develop insulin resistance and that creates a nutritional deficiency in the cow. And then you eat that meat and you have less nutrition. So ideally to feel more satisfied, you have more nutrient dense foods. So uh, grass-fed beef, seafood is really nutrient dense, especially with the trace minerals. Uh, shellfish is another good one. If you could do liver, that would be good. Um, eggs, pasture-raised organic eggs are very nutrient dense. Wild-caught fish is more nutrient dense like salmon versus a skinless chicken breast or protein powder or getting your foods from a fast food restaurant, even though you take the bun off to make it keto-friendly, it's low quality, but I don't wanna overwhelm you, okay? So there's really two phases to this. The first phase is just to do low carb, even if it's dirty keto, it doesn't matter. Just start doing low carb. Second phase is to increase the quality of what you're eating, okay? And that takes a little bit more knowledge, a little bit more time. So do what you can, something is better than nothing. So if you have to start doing low carb and regardless of the quality, do that.
So we have this first meal. Now we're going to fast until dinner. Okay. Now a couple of tips for fasting. You can do uh, different types of herbal teas. Uh, green tea is a really good one. Turmeric tea is a really good one to help you fast longer and to spike autophagy, which gives you all these other cool benefits of anti-aging and more uh, brain health. All right, we get to the second meal. You can do another drink with apple cider vinegar with water uh, to help your digestion and then do your fat. At this time, maybe you wanna do a good handful of sunflower seeds, which gives you a little bit more fat and uh, the B1. Now at this time, it might be six o'clock, okay? Let's say uh, hypothetically, you're gonna go to bed at 10 o'clock. I wouldn't recommend if you're older and you potentially might have um, bladder problems waking up at, at the middle of the night, I would recommend not drinking past like, I don't know, seven. So that would be three hours before you go to bed. So in other words, drink a lot of water through the day and definitely um, maybe after dinner and maybe right at seven, but not drink a lot of liquid like seven, eight or nine o'clock because that sleep is gonna be very, very important. And the less water you drink, the better. Now, this is a really key thing between the last meal and before you go to bed. Uh, a lot of times, I know this might be hard to believe, they want to snack on foods. And this is the killer for staying in ketosis. The, some people nonstop snacking between the time that they eat dinner and the time they go to bed. So the most important tip is to just do not have snack foods in your house. Get these potential tempting snacks out of the house. If you absolutely must eat something, just eat celery, it's crunchy. And that way it'll give you something to chew on. Um, but boy, this is a real problem for a lot of people. So if you do what I said, eat nutrient dense foods and more fat at the end of the meal, your chances of snacking will be less. All right, sleeping is gonna be very important. If you don't sleep well, you're going to find that you're going to crave in the morning because it's going to increase cortisol. You'll be more stressed. It's going to be harder to get the results that you want. It's going to affect your metabolism. So a couple little tips for sleeping during the day. If you can exercise, that would be awesome because exercise will deplete your energy. It improves your blood sugars. It will help your sleep. If you can exercise outside or be outside during the day, that's also going to be important because the exposure to the sun is going to give you a lot of melatonin. Melatonin is going to help you sleep. So if possible, ideally, you want to get at least one hour, at least one hour of exposure to the sun, not necessarily being in the direct sunlight, but just being outside, even if you have a hat on or clothes, because the UV light from the sun will penetrate uh, your clothing and your hat and that will start building up your melatonin, okay? Not to mention getting the vitamin D. Vitamin D helps your sleep. So during the winter, um, if you're not getting enough sun and you, and you wanna spike your, your sleep, take about 10,000 IUs of vitamin D3 right before sleep, okay? That's gonna help your sleep cycles. And if you have this excessive thinking um, before bed, uh, be one before sleep very, very effective. So we want to limit too much protein at the second meal, especially to help you sleep. Because if you're sitting on a tremendous amount of protein that's undigested, um, it's going to affect your sleep. Make sure you get enough melatonin by getting sun. Don't take the melatonin supplement. Okay. That's going to create another problem. Get your melatonin from the infrared 
wave from the sun. And then you have the B1 and then the D3. All right, and I forgot to mention this with exercise. To maintain energy with exercise, you need your electrolytes, especially sodium, okay, and potassium. So make sure when you do this keto that you start adding more sea salt to your meals. If you don't, you'll be deficient in sodium and that's going to make weak muscles. You're gonna feel like, wow, I just don't have the energy to exercise. It's usually low sodium, which is very easily handled by putting more sea salt on your foods. Now, as far as the potassium, that's another electrolyte that's gonna keep your energy up and you can, you're gonna get potassium and magnesium from your salads and the electrolyte powder. And I even want people to feel the difference by adding just more sea salt and potassium to how much more effective their exercise is in, in endurance, strength, and the desire to exercise versus being deficient in those two. Boy, it's dramatic. You just don't feel like working out. You don't have the energy you're dragging all day. Now, a couple more important things. So if you've checked out, just check back in because this is going to be really important. Um, we don't want you to plateau, right? It's the little things that make a big difference. For example, um, one way to knock yourself out of ketosis is by doing the diet uh, artificial sweeteners, okay? They can really mess you up. So that's a really important point. The other point is there's hidden sugar in even keto-friendly um, bars, desserts, snacks, yes. And even though you might be below the 50 grams of carbs, maltodextrin, dextrin are not classified as sugars, believe it or not. I've done a whole video on that. Don't trust it. Read the ingredients first. In fact, if you can avoid the keto snacks altogether, you're probably going to be in better shape. Also, the so-called keto electrolyte powders out there have maltodextrin hidden in their natural flavorings. Yes. So that's another thing that I didn't even know until probably a year and a half ago but they use maltodextrin as a spray agent to dry out uh, certain uh, flavorings. So I had a hard time finding a company that didn't add the maltodextrin to the ingredients, both in the citrate form of the minerals, as well as in the natural flavorings. So maltodextrin is worse than sugar, it's worse than glucose. It's like really high on the glycemic index. All right, a couple other things, honey, is sugar, okay? Avoid it. Read ingredients with honey and avoid it. And there's a lot of other forms of sugar like date sugar and coconut water. There's a lot of sugar in that. And so realize just a little bit of that sugar or carb can knock you out of ketosis for a considerable amount of time, up to 48 hours. So if you're wondering why you're not getting results because every other day you're having these hidden sweeteners, that's why. You see, the goal is to get you to do this right long enough for you to feel what you should feel like as far as the energy, the cognitive benefits, not just the weight loss, but just feeling really good because that healthy feeling, that feeling of wellness, the feeling of being energetic is so, so important, especially as you get older, you'll find out it's very valuable. Last few tips. The best indicator to know that this is working is your appetite, okay? Your appetite goes away, not weight loss, because it's get healthy, then lose weight, not lose weight to get healthy. So one of the best indicators of getting healthy is switching over to burning your fat. That's a very, very healthy state that's going to create a lot of 
additional health benefits. So the loss of appetite means that you're doing this, okay? So go by that as the most important thing, especially when you start out. Don't weigh yourself too frequently because we don't want to focus on your weight, okay? We want to focus on energy, appetite, cravings going away, and then your clothes feeling looser. And last little point, if this is overwhelming, something is better than nothing. Just do low carb, okay? Or just do fasting as a starting entry point, because even if you have to start with dirty keto and, and do the Atkins bars to help you, which is loaded with a bunch of crap, but at least it's below 50 grams of carbs, that would be better than nothing. 